Southern California, yeah. Born and raised our DNA, laugh and cry to what we say. We hit you with that wordplay. Four, zero, five, three. What episode are we on? D, they feeling like baby zombies, all dressed in Abercrombie. SoCal DNA coming in live, eight o'clock on a Wednesday night. COVID got you sitting inside, why not sip one and free your mind? Cheap thrills, popping pills, stat cash, spend it fast. Listen to all of those lies as Arjun act like he's surprised. surprised. Oh, it has been so long. I was getting used to uh, fading it out, and I remember now I don't I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to fade it I out. I know. We we made some moves. <laughs> we have made some moves, and uh, we've also not made some moves too. Hey, um, and I, huh? I gotta I gotta apologize <laughs> to the fans out there. Uh, you know, I know you guys were all in your humble abodes and Thanksgiving weekend, mm. looking forward, counting the days, counting the hours of minutes and seconds for the SoCal DNA episode to drop the flagship episode that we drop every week. And alas, Wednesday went by, Thursday went by, Friday, Friday went by too. Yeah. And there was- Tur- Turkey hangover, turkey hangover on that Friday. So you the the Friday. tryptophan was real. Yeah, the tryptophan yeah, yeah, was yeah, real. Let that but... one slide, let, let one of the days slide. You know, we're going to let that one slide, but, you know, I, I got to be honest with the audience because our fans deserve the truth, right, Tom? The fans can't be lied mm. to. The fans can never mm. be lied to. And uh, we're going to make it up to you guys. Whoa. I'm not going to tell you how. We? Well, you know, we, we have we have collective discourse oh, with SoCal okay, DNA. Okay. It's never just one responsible yeah, party. Yeah. It's both people. But, you know, we, we may make it up to you by the end of the year. We're with a little something, something special. Okay. Um, okay. We're not going to say what. We're not going to say when. I don't even know what it about. is. Uh, yeah. And quite frankly, I'm still kind of formulating the thought <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but but don't you worry, fans. Uh, we, we know you're looking forward to it. And I know for, for some people out there, we're actually the number one. Believe it or not, believe it or not, Doug, we're actually the number one podcast some people listen to. Well, I mean, and, uh, are you surprised? I am. I am actually. God damn it. I am. <laughs> but no, actually, I, I mean, I, I appreciate, you know, our, our fans, our longtime listeners, all the way from our YouTube days when we were just uh, on YouTube. When, when we were wee little boys. Little boys. When we were wee little boys. Yeah. You know, back in those days, we didn't even know what uh, we could do on Spotify. We didn't oh, even yeah. know if Spotify was possible. Oh, yeah. But and we didn't now, even know about Anchor or, or nope. anything of that sort. Anything anything at all so we were newbies for sure but you guys the day ones you stuck it out with us through thick and thin through episodes on every day or mm. every weekly basis by mm. the way mm. or versus even sometimes when we forget about the wednesday and we move to a friday you've oh, always yeah. been there for oh, us yeah. mm-hmm. and it's only right that we reward you with a little something something from santa aka the d and the a before the end of the year so look out for that that's a little teaser that's going to be part of the intro right here a little bit of a teaser uh-huh. for next time huh but you know, something that something that was teased a little bit earlier today for me through a text message was about the NBA. And obviously, Don and I are, are super excited about the season coming back. It's uh, going to start in about 20 days, I believe, on December 22nd. Oh, my God. It's great... December already. It's December already. Can you oh believe that? Oh, my God. I know. I know. Birthdays are coming. Uh, holidays are coming. And the NBA is coming as well. But you know, Don, who won't be coming to James Harden's Christmas party? Anthony Cummings? Oh, no, not Anthony. Well, he definitely won't be coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, but beyond Anthony Cummings, uh, Russell Westbrook is no longer going to be part of Ooh. the Houston Rockets. Oh, wow. And this was the major blockbuster trade that dropped just hours ago. So the Houston wow. Rockets have traded Russell Westbrook mm. to the Washington Wizards for, drumroll please, John Wall. There you go. John Wall. That's and, right. and, I, and I believe a draft pick. And a draft pick, oh, yeah, which yeah. could be inconsequential, or maybe it might be a great pick, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the core of this, point guard for point guard, all-star point guard for all-star point guard, what is your immediate mm. reaction to well, this trade? What does your gut say? It's not point guard for point guard or all-star for all-star right now. John Wall, as great of a player he is during his prime, when we've last seen him play, is amazing. Key piece or key word there is when we last saw him play. Last saw him play. This was back in maybe January of 2019. Maybe even before that, 
Um, mm. John Wall hurt himself. I believe uh, he messed up his uh, knee back mm. with that initial injury in 2019. <clears throat> and then upon rehab, went on and fucked up his Achilles or something else while rehabbing. I think he was just, you know, walking around the house, you know, having maybe a, one too many beverages as I do. Slipped, fell, and uh, popped something. So from there, it prolonged that injury that is usually easy to recover from. Um, and, and I just want to add a little bit more color. So looking at this article here from ESPN, mm-hmm. Wall actually hasn't played since 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So That's wild. That is wild. Wow. It, it's, it's crazy that there is that much, I guess, love for him in Houston to make the trade. However, on the other side of the coin, looking at at it through Houston's eyes, Westbrook wanted out. It was a failed experiment um, similar to when they had paired Chris Paul with Harden. I disagree. disagree Okay, okay, maybe not that one. All right, it was was a failed experiment to put together Russell Westbrook and Harden. Agree, sure. Okay. I, <coughs> yes, yes. As Don, as Don clears his throat of the COVID, uh, <laughs> let me just say, hey, we're, I, we're negative. We're negative. <laughs> I, I like how guttural you went for that one. We're negative. Oh no, because there was still something coming out. <laughs> I was like negative. <laughs> Belted Jesus. it out. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh man, Don, bless your soul, bless your soul. Maybe have some more of that medicinal rye. I think oh, that yeah, may yeah, yeah. cure whatever's happening to oh, you. Yeah. But, um, you know, my first reaction was, poor Bradley Beal. That was my first reaction. You know why? Because Bradley Beal, he thought this was going to be his team. He signed that huge contract. He knew that the franchise was gravitating away from John Wall, going towards himself. But now, you get the one guy in the NBA who was an MVP for doing what? Doing everything himself on the team. 30-point triple-double, right? Assists, rebounds, steals, threes now. Mr. Triple-double. Yeah. And so now I feel bad for Beal because I think it should have been Beal's team. He should have been the clear leader of the team. But now when you put Westbrook in there, I don't think Westbrook respects Beal the same way that he did Harden. I don't think. Westbrook respects Beal the same way they did even KD. I don't think so, Westbrook respects anybody. I think he respected Kobe. Well, sure. But of today's guards, he thinks he's number one, as every guard should of that caliber. Well, I would argue that if you put Westbrook with LeBron James, I think Westbrook would defer to LeBron on ball handling responsibilities, effectively making him the lead guard. And that may be true for almost anybody you pair with LeBron. LeBron has that kind of leadership ability. You know, and the Lakers certainly believe that he has that leadership ability because the Lakers signed him to an extension. <laughs> this is why you brought him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, was, I was making the connection. I was a little slow. There you go. There you go. There, there's your grandpappy there nappy you working for you right there. Uh, <laughs> I got to find that, that whiskey, by the way. It's very rare whiskey. Very rare. Um, if you could buy it for me, I, I would love you. I don't even know where to look. I went to the website yesterday to look up your grandpappy nappy whiskey, but it was like 300 bucks or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But they didn't even have a link to buy it. It was like, okay. Cool. Yeah, you got to be careful. A little segue. Uh, you got to be a little careful with it because there's a lot of counterfeits out there that are using the older bottles and they're just filling it with, you know, little um, low shelf whiskey and then selling it. Just like get it mechanically sealed again and selling it. So be careful with that. It is a good idea to be careful, especially with these older bottles. But with LeBron James being an older player in the NBA, we don't have to be very careful with him. I think he is built to last, and he will last for sure, for at least another couple of years with the Los Angeles Lakers, because that's right, ladies and gentlemen. He has signed an extension. He is going to be a Laker for at least until 2022, it appears. 22-23 season, yeah. 22-23 season, that's right. And I think the extension was for about 45 or 40 mil per year which may have been the maximum for him, give or take. I think it was 85 over 2. 85 over 2, there you go. And I think this all but assures Anthony Davis will remain a Laker. 
and he may sign some kind of a short-term deal just like LeBron did, just to kind of sync up the contracts. Sure. But I think personally, you know, it is the right move for the franchise. You have to reward the guy for two reasons. Number one, the fact that he did deliver a championship for you. And number two, the fact that he's still playing at a high level and he deserves the money. He certainly does deserve the money. He's maturing, I, maturing like a, a fine wine or a fine bourbon. Getting there smoother, you go. Getting smoother with his play. Mm, uh, there you go. As, <clears throat> you know, for, for Kobe, he would refer to himself as Vino, right? Aging like fine mm, wine. But mm. for LeBron, he may be more of a, a brown liqueur. He may be more of a whiskey or a bourbon. Oh, he's Perhaps definitely from, a bourbon. He's definitely, he's definitely a bourbon. Has a there bite. Has a bite. Acquired taste. Acquired taste. <laughs> Hated by many, but loved and respected by pretty much everyone deep down inside. So, it's an accurate portrayal of LeBron James, as well as many whiskeys that you enjoy. Oh yeah, mostly so hate. You are. Mostly hate. Mostly, but, you know. mostly. <laughs> so you know, going back to Westbrook now, sure. I I think. Yeah. What do you think about the trade? I think the Wizards are now a potential playoff team. So oh, this yeah. does this East. does benefit the Wizards at the very minimum. Um, I worry about chemistry issues, of course, as I always sure. do with any team with Westbrook on it. Um, but now looking at the flip side, I just have to say, I am very intrigued by the pairing of Wall and Harden for a number one reason. Hmm. I think Wall may be best suited as a playmaker out yeah. of all of his skills. Yeah. You know, I look at his scoring, I look at his rebounding, his mm -hmm. defense and all that. I think he's just a born playmaker, a really good yeah. one at that too. So what do we have here? We basically have an approximation of Chris Paul's playmaking, sure. not quite the same style, sure, but an sure. approximation. Nor the along same level with, of skill. Yeah, that's true. And, and along with Westbrook's athleticism and maybe lack of three-point shooting in general. Sure. So I just wonder, is this good for the Rockets? Like, does this actually make the Rockets a better team? I don't know. I feel like, I feel I like it no, it doesn't. I, I think, think it, it does. does. Yeah, because a if there's a draft pick included, that's one it's uh, it's lottery protected i just okay. checked it's okay. lottery protected all right let's, so yeah. we'll bypass that the chemistry was already messed up to begin with but Harden, dude, imagine what you're just saying imagine what you're saying westbrook and Harden were actually friends dude which which i get but then what is that is it the organization that is the issue is it it's Harden, westbrook or it's is it westbrook. westbrook yeah we it's don't know westbrook. i, I want to say 100 i want to say 100 we i mean it all depends on what media outlet you're going to listen to. They're always going to make a story of it, and Westbrook is the easy scapegoat. What makes it difficult to counter that is, why did they basically revamp their whole front office? See, that's an interesting point, and I'm glad you brought that up. For people that don't know, uh, Daryl Morey... I love that pause. I love that pause, by the way. That means I got you. Got him! Yeah, no, it, it, it made me think. It made me think. So congratulations to the D. Hell yeah. That, that, that pappy nappy oh, rise. Yeah, slippery, but hard. It's hard at sometimes right now. Hard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you made it a bit too obvious. All right. calm, calm your tits. Calm your tits. All right. All right. So, so yeah. So, so I, I... Hard in. Hard in. <laughs> there like we go. One. There... <laughs> was it was it you who told me that Harden looks like Metapod or he uh, reminds no. me I mean it does because like if you put it at the right angle his beard at the time no it does yeah no, <laughs> and I can't get that out of my head like and, and especially because like Metapod's only move is Harden <laughs> strong move hey it's just strong. like Harden's uh, step back uh, but he's got a little Euro step so you know a little okay. Euro in there for sure for sure <laughs> I mean look I, I am excited about just the prospect of Wall coming back. But going to Daryl Morey for a second. Daryl Morey was credited to be kind of a revolutionary GM in the league. Uh, he was very much analytics-driven. He would players that maybe were underperforming on other teams, but he knew in the right offense with the right coach that talent could be maximized. And he was good at that. I think the Rockets experienced... Um, a, a moderate level of success, you know, coming very close to the finals. I think one time when they had Chris Paul and Harden together, they were within like one game, I think, of mm -hmm. beating the Warriors that series. Um, but alas, there were problems, right? I think they were never able to get quite past the hump. And for a franchise spending that much money, 
you would expect that they'd be closer to it. Um, number two, I wonder how much Dillamore's tweet um, had an impact on him being let go by the Rockets. Uh, the tweet I'm referring to, of course, is him expressing support for, I believe, Hong Kong at yeah. the time when they were protesting. Um, um, the other and, way, the other way around. Uh, other way meaning what? I think he was uh, supporting um, not the independence of Hong Kong, more supporting China. No, no, he was he was a uh, pro democracy man. He was pro. Sure? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, 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 whatever. I don't really care. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go the other way around again, and we'll just say that yes, Gerald Morey sent out a tweet that was a little bit controversial, and um, you know, I wonder how much that had to play a role in the decision making of you know whoever is the owner of the Rockets right now. Um, and on top of that, I think even a bigger move would probably be letting go D'Antoni. They didn't re-up his contract. Um, I've always liked D'Antoni ever since the Phoenix Suns days. I understood that his offense was a bit gimmicky, seven seconds or less, and it was basically dominated by elite point guard like Steve Nash or later on Jeremy Lin <laughs> or uh, even at the most recent case, James Harden. But I liked him. I thought that it was revolutionary to some extent it was a type of offense that every other coach in the nba especially today seems to steal from at least some plays from and uh he was never able to go to the finals unfortunately but i i thought it was a perfect fit i thought d'antoni really enabled harden to be as free and loose as possible and actually win an mvp and come close to finishing number one in like multiple seasons for mvp voting um, so it's a shame that the franchise, as Don put it, uh, is no longer what we knew about a year ago. D'Antoni's gone. Westbrook is gone. Capella's gone, too. Shout out to Clint Capella, holding down the paint for all those years. He's gone, and, uh, you know, the GM's gone, too. So now we're thinking, is John Wall part of the new plan? Maybe the, the new front office there is thinking, you know what? Forget everything that Daryl Morey was teaching us. Forget his philosophy. We think a superstar like Wall coming back, you know, is this is exactly what we need to get on the right page. Do you think that's the emphasis here? Like just turning the new page with a new superstar player? Well, it's definitely turning a new page given all the changes. I don't know if this trade, Westbrook for Wall is going to dictate what their plans are. I don't know if they have a plan. I don't think they have a plan. They're just trying to survive and hold on to Harden. Um, it may be an indicator to hand Harden the keys. They've let go of every big asset, notable asset, at least in the public eye, except for Harden now, officially, that they've let go of uh, Westbrook. So, I want to say it's the beginning of a rebuild, but as long as they have Harden and the superstar, or rather the star question mark in Wall, they're going to compete. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I feel bad for I the mean, Rockets, I... to be honest. It's, it's kind Why? of... Because they're screwed. Harden has two more years left in his contract, right? If the Rockets don't do something to please him, um, I would err on the side that he'll be more than likely to leave and join another team because he'll be at that point where uh, he's going to begin the decline of his prime in about two years. I think you could agree with that. He may be still playing at a very high level, but he's one injury away from that decline. From well, I, I, injuries aside, I think I think that's a reasonable estimate. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think they were aggressive enough in shopping Westbrook around. But at the same time, Westbrook wasn't really an asset that people, you know, sought out. Um, well, well, look look at it this way. I think with Westbrook. You have two options. Either you go star for star, which is what they did. Sure. Or well, question mark you... star with the wall though. He's coming back from a damn injury. 
I get it. I, I think you're being objective about it. I'm looking at it more in terms of the star name, right? I think but it's kind of like this. Um, when Carmelo Anthony was actively playing, and not, not just like now where he plays like 20 minutes or whatnot, when, when he was really like a star, <laughs> sure, right? Sure. His New I York days. His New York days. He wasn't that great, to be perfectly honest. Um, he was inefficient. He was a chucker. Didn't play defense. But his star power was there. Even though he wasn't that great, his star power he was there. He sold tickets. He sold tickets. I think John Wall, even a potentially out of shape, rusty, and and who knows if he's still got that same pep in his step. you know. But I think that name carries some excitement. I think that name carries some optimism as well because whenever you have a disgruntled player go from one team to another, it's like starting over. It's like a new chapter in a sure, book. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely bringing in some new talent that's going to change the chemistry of the locker room, which I think was uh, you know, the top of the list of reasons to make this happen. Um, what the fuck was Washington thinking? Well, it made sense to me because I think um, Wall was disgruntled. He didn't want to be there. So it was basically they both wanted out. And yeah. And so yeah. you give them, okay, all right. So, so it, kind of, it kind of worked out in that regard, right? Like, I think the well, Rockets... Not were... really. You're trading one bad chemistry player for another bad chemistry player? Or rather, disgruntled, maybe. It may not be chemistry. It just may be frustration with that particular organization, maybe. I don't know. We'll, well see. Like, who would you yeah, still I mean, draft uh, in, in the fantasy drafts that are coming up? Um, <laughs> who's who's great, going great, first? Great, uh, uh, Westbrook or Wall? Well, easily Westbrook goes first for sure. two reasons, right? Number one, Westbrook, statistically, he's the better buy, right? I mean, he'll give you sure. a little bit of everything. He's the triple-double threat, regardless of what team he plays for. Number two, as you mentioned, Wall hasn't played in like 18 months. And yeah. so... It's difficult to expect him to put all-star caliber numbers from the jump. I would imagine he starts off the season with a minutes cap, probably 25 minutes a game. And maybe as we get closer to, I don't know, February, we'll see him yeah, bump after up. after all-star break or something like that. Yeah, and by the way, did you know there's no all-star game this year? I mean, it makes sense given the brevity of the season already. Um, yeah. it, it sucks because I look forward to the all-star game, and I think that's like their Christmas week. Um, to celebrate, <laughs> to celebrate sure. Sure, um, yeah. the NBA and all that, uh, but I, I get it. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think with Wall, his injury was pretty bad for sure. But sometimes you just pick up injuries every now and then. You could be playing with your dog, and all of a sudden you <laughs> fracture your foot, which is exactly what happened to our president-elect Joe Biden. God damn it, man. We're getting somebody injured already, man. We're just, we hired him. He got hurt. And uh, we're, we're stuck with them for four years. We're stuck with them. Uh, hey, at least he's going to be sitting in that Oval Office making, making things happen. He's, he's got nowhere to go. He can't walk anywhere. He can't run anywhere. He's going to be planted. <laughs> he's going to be planted well, uh, right there. Make it, making sure my loans get wiped, hopefully. <laughs> that would be nice for sure. But unfortunately, we're still a couple of months away. From him actually taking any step inside the White House. Um, he looks to be in good health regardless of the boot on his foot. But um, I, I just kind of wonder, man. Like, do you think this is a sign of things to come? Like, do no. you think Biden will just pick up these little ticky-tack injuries every no. now and then? And just be, like, put on the shelf? No, nah, nah, Secret Service is going to be carrying them around everywhere. So we'll be good. We'll be good. Well, like he'll be on a giant chair that's hoisted up by four secret service men, like those Rajas of old. No, dude, I, remind, I don't know if you watched like one of the first Kevin Hart stand-ups or specials where he was talking uh -huh. about LeBron and uh, Shaq and how he okay. made fun of how Shaq would fall and LeBron would have to like run back to uh, you know the offensive side of the court and basically pick his ass up and then Shaq would be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the brother, God damn it, again, again, Shaq. Because this was when he was getting older, right? Sure. I, I feel like it's the same thing that's going to happen with him and uh, or Biden and Kamala. Biden's going to fall um, every now and then, and Kamala and the AOC are going to be like, oh, God damn it. All right, come on, come on, come on. And they'll pick him up, and then they'll carry him over the finish line a little bit whenever he needs it. 
Still a force to you, be reckoned with, right? Still a force. Just needs that little extra push well, every I mean, now and then. I mean, to be reckoned with from a rocking chair, perhaps. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I noticed that you mentioned AOC. Yeah. Now, do you think do you think the Democrats now have an obligation to kind of put AOC and the progressive wing of the Democratic Party more in the forefront because they've won this election? Or do you think they'll kind of remain moderate for the most part? Because Biden was a moderate. Biden, you know, he, Biden is a moderate. Yeah. Um, and it's showing in the people he's already um, bringing on to his cabinet. Uh, or at least saying he's going to bring on to his cabinet. He's Nominees, thinking, he calls them. There yes. we go. That's the word. That's the word. See, my vocabulary, my Larry, is a little flawed. But here's my question, though. Like, why would you call your own picks nominees? Like, what does that mean? Well, it's it's a governmental process. Because they still have to get oh, um, okay, okay. kind of like sworn you. in and voted in. Got right? it. Got it. Got it. So if he has the power to bring them through the door, it's up to them to withstand the beating that comes with it to mm. take that, I guess, sash of honor. I was going to say medal of honor, but it's not a medal of honor. It's like a sash of honor. In or mm. title of honor, rather. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I mean, I think for the AOC, it is their job to try to push their ways and their beliefs and the the beliefs of the people that elected them. Um, will it happen? I don't know. They've been pushing the same agenda since they got in. Has much happened? A good amount. But has anything meaningful happened? Mm, we'll see. Now that they do have, I guess, more control, or control, actually, more things may get done. And I think that's the beauty of our system, is that it's pretty much a two-party system that swings every four to eight years. And it's like a, uh, a tug-of-war match. Trump did an amazing job in bringing it over to the red side if you're a red supporter i say amazing and it's biden's job to bring it back to the middle whether that be more on the democratic or the blue side we'll see what happens i I haven't been reading up on it man i don't know how much trump has fucked everything up for uh biden's table yet or how much he's messed Um, up yeah, I know we were we were touching on this last time with a lot of those executive orders, yeah, yeah. Um, like pulling out troops from Afghanistan, I think, by January's end, uh, just uh, putting Biden in a tough spot with a lot of different situations. And I think some of these executive orders, they can't easily be overturned like in one day. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it takes like a, a year long review process to actually overturn some of these actions. So it's a bit unfortunate. Um, that Biden has to deal with this bullshit from day one. But, you know, it is what it is. I think Trump's Trump's time in the Oval Office will certainly be marred by this. Marred by this very unpleasant exit. Um, childish. A very childish, unceremonious exit. I I wonder, though, do you think he'll actually shake his hand? Do you think Trump will shake Biden's hand <clears throat> on Inauguration Day? Or will matter. Biden... I, I know, like, ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, it's really irrelevant. But, you know, we always have that image of the outgoing president and, you know, the first lady, uh, you know, shaking hands or, you know, wor- welcoming warmly to the sure. White House, the incoming president. That's always been the case, right? Yeah. You go back generations. But now there's some doubt to whether or not Trump will even show up that day. Yeah. (laughs) The lack of professionalism is unquestioned when you bring up Trump. Uh, The expectations that we have on our president, they're high because obviously we see him as the leader of the damn free world. I don't think Trump gives two shits about that. I don't think he cares about those expectations, and that's why some people like him so much. He Mm. is a pioneer in the respect of breaking expectations and rules set forth, um, breaking political demeanor uh, wherever we thought should have been kind of accepted. 
So whether or not he shakes Biden's hand, I, I who knows? It'll make for a story either way. Sure. Um, you know we'll be talking about it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, if he doesn't want to shake his hand, then that's fine. Biden doesn't need that shit, nor does our country need that shit to worry about. We got work to do, so let's get it done. Mm. Who cares and, about and... these? That's right. You bring up a great point. Too often, we focus on the little things that are truly trivial in nature and don't really matter at all in the larger scheme of things. Something that does matter a lot to all of us and even our listeners out there is the status of the vaccine for COVID-19. That is right. That is right. And of course, um, there's been a couple of leading candidates out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, One from Moderna. There we uh, go. A company whose stock I wish I held on to. Hey, I, I was saying, I think I was the one that suggested that to you. I'm just, just throwing it out there when we first talked about it. I'm just throwing it out there. <sighs> Moving on, there's also, <laughs> <laughs> there's also Pfizer. Uh, yeah, Pfizer uh, seems to be powerhouse. the big one right now, okay. powerhouse. And, and also, uh, you know, our boys across the pond, they're doing their thing, AstraZeneca. In go. conjunction with Oxford Union. Uh, shout out to Oxford Student Journal, by the way. <laughs> those those uh, boys and girls are doing a phenomenal job. <laughs> Writing articles by night, vaccine by day. They're, <laughs> they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job out there. Um, so I, I think what's, what's happening in the UK for the vaccine is they're rolling it out this week. Um, I think they got about, is it 20 or 40 million doses of the vaccine? Um <sighs> for for like as many people who are willing to take it i think over there I, well i think they're oh in in the uk in the uk in the Got uk it, yeah, yeah yeah so so they made like a huge order from pfizer and so they're starting the doses i think this week we'll find out shortly what it's like um i know a lot of people and this is how basic psychology basic human nature works i think people are apprehensive about taking the vaccine and rightfully so yeah it is it is um not a guaranteed cure it is not a guaranteed prevention mechanism there's a lot of doubt there's a lot of long-term side effects that could happen that we don't know but it always helps when you see other people do something right we have the herd mentality when we see other people take something and they're looking okay they're doing their thing even if it's just a short-term review you think you know what I i should take it too i feel more confident knowing that my neighbor took it knowing that my friends across the pond took it so we shall see with december Second, they're probably injecting their veins with the vaccine as we speak. I, I'm curious. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it goes directly into the bloodstream, my man. But okay. Well, you know, I I wasn't a doctor to, to begin with. <laughs> the doctor is the D, and so he can slippery D. Slippery. <laughs> I love how the doctor says, "Uh huh." <laughs> like the level of professionalism. This is, is why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> We don't we don't say the truth on the podcast, Don. We don't say the truth in the podcast. <laughs> in any case, any case, the vaccine uh, is pumping out of Pfizer. And I think uh, yeah. the U.S. is slated to come sometime soon thereafter. Um, That's right. With our That's healthcare right. workers getting, I guess, first dibs on the vaccine. Sir. Rightfully That's so. Right. And I thank so. God I'm not a healthcare worker because it frightens me. This vaccine, it was rushed through the scientific process. Uh, I trust these companies, but at the end of the day, they had a big buck to make in being first to market. Mm. And um, I mean, I don't think the vaccine will cause immediate fatal reactions for many people. I think it's been shown to have like 95 percent efficacy um but at the same time these these long-term effects we i don't know what's gone into the formula uh, of these vaccines and um i believe pfizer's requires some crazy amount of refrigeration and use like the shelf life is crazy short which yeah i heard like you have to get dry ice to you yeah, know, strip yeah. it anywhere so yeah well, uh... dry ice you got to keep it under a certain um temperature for a prolonged period of time and then on top of that you got to shoot them up as quickly as you get it to me it's 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 just race after race after race and there are some races in this life that i'm not willing to rush through 
uh in this case i i, I, I hear I, you you know I, I i totally understand now you know i want to get your doctor's medical opinion on something about this vaccine <laughs> so if i were to let's say have the ability to take all three astrazeneca pfizer and moderna and i did take all three what would be the repercussions of doing that i don't think they're well without knowing the specifics yes and if i could speak in general terms of course and we're gonna say it's just three different vaccines right yes there are different modalities by which a vaccine vaccinates and protects people and they usually take a mechanism that the virus takes to proliferate in the human body and protect the human body from that proliferation these modes by which they proliferate meaning they get into the human body and enter a human cell and begin um, expanding that way can vary sometimes it's from a leg of the virus sometimes it's from a different arm in the virus or sometimes it's just the chemical makeup of the environment that the virus is in by which they can easily access these human cells if the three vaccines tackle different modalities of entrance to the human cell you may have a higher um, strength a higher barrier for the vaccine to proliferate but is it necessary no because if one of the vaccines does what's intended and stops one of the three modalities whether it be the arm leg or environment just some examples of what it may be um you should be fine there is not really an additive effect when it comes to vaccines there are some vaccines that we have out there where there are certain steps but that's just to ramp up the immune system for a particular modality or um, operation human operation within the body that strengthens that sort of stimulus response stimulus response stimulus response action um, taking three different vaccines would not be doing that you'd kind of be taking a shotgun approach whereas one bullet does the trick that's a very very clear crystal clear analysis of what i asked so very good thank you for answering that question sure. um i still don't trust it though i wouldn't i wouldn't do it man i don't there may be mercury in that shit there may be uh something i'm allergic to within that right there's a lot of vaccines that are made with eggs sometimes raw egg and some people are allergic to it who knows what these people was it is, is pfizer in ireland i forget where they're at i'm assuming they did it's it with a german Scott. it's a german brand was it german company i i let me, let me yeah, let's look that up let's look that up pfizer uh Pfizer is an American multinational pharmaceutical corporation. Are they really? No, but where are they headquartered? Uh, that's a good question. Oh, New York. Uh, <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> Wait, what was I thinking? What was that? Uh, no, bio... no, no. We, I think we were on the right page. I think there's some kind of a... No, they're headquartered no, Fi... in New York. Well, Pfizer, I think, moved a lot of their stuff to Ireland. I'm looking into Oh, is that now. what it is? Okay. Yeah. okay. So I think yeah. the majority of it's over there, overseas. Um, just so that they could, you know, basically tax evade. Um, sorry, Pfizer, but you know it's true. Um, yes. <laughs> but like, you know, there, there may be stuff in there that mm, is detrimental to some people. And again, this is a vaccine that seems to have been de developed in less than a year. And it's goddamn scary that they're going to be injecting this across millions and millions and millions of lives um hopefully at the very least they don't force vaccinations onto the mothers of unborn babies yet uh because who knows of those side effects um but at the same time as a man of science you and i are well, there's a fear but ultimately if offered to me i'd probably take it I want to I want to delve a little bit deeper onto this one sure. um, just with one question do you think this vaccine should be something that's kind of like necessary for every no. 
citizen to take or yeah. should it be something that's just up to you if you want to take it really yeah really uh, i'm not a fan of telling people what to do with their life especially uh. if it's intrusive of their bodies uh if there is no guarantee that doing this will be of benefit and there is no guarantee that you will not get harmed then yeah i could see forcing it onto someone but because there is that lack of guarantee no i'm not for it fair i, I think that's a respectable view um I, I think a lot of people they take the you know a common not not to really point fingers at you but a common conservative talking point is basically to say that you know people are responsible for their own lives and they can decide their own destiny they can choose what they want to do with themselves as long as they're not hurting anybody else yep they should be able to have the liberty the freedom to do what they want right yeah no um, completely and and that that's a fair that's a fair perspective and especially for the reasons you mentioned like there's no guarantee that yeah. this will work for you right yeah has it been um, proven like uh, mmr vaccines and things of that sort that we've taken as children before we even had a say we knew or we know rather it prevents these uh, plagues of our mm. past mm. Uh, from ever occurring you know bubonic plague came back like temporarily a couple years back it was kind of scary was it like in an animal or something like some well, kind of a yeah usually they um they're sourced from rats oh yeah yeah but um, that's why the streets of London were plagued with rats, where the bubonic plague was running rampant. Um, well, you know, the, the streets of London can be pretty crazy, and, and they were plagued <laughs> with rats and all these different creatures out there. I, I've, I've certainly been there back in the day, but uh, have you ever wondered what it would be like to just roam the streets of another planet? Huh. Uh, a planet like Mars, even. I mean. Ooh. Granted, I've I've never been, and Don, I, I doubt that you have been yet. Depends. At least depends on uh depends on what I was smoking, but you know. <laughs> well, you've been to the moon plenty of times that I imagine. <laughs> Me and King <laughs> Cuddy go way back. There you go. Men on, <laughs> men on the moon. The unreleased mixtape. Men on the moon. So I didn't make that. the feature. Damn it. <laughs> he didn't make any of the features. He didn't even make the the liner notes. He was just left <laughs> off entirely. Just just a just a groupie. Never, that never hung texted on. me back. Never <laughs> but you know i i sometimes wonder what life might be like on mars and i i kind of like to imagine a a future a mm -hmm. a kind of a, a a interesting scenario if you will where mars could be turned into a casino hmm. and that's actually the topic of episode three of a very special series that we like to watch but why don't you go ahead don and cue up the song so they know what's up yes sir are we doomed to a cold and heartless future in which computer says yes or computer says no with the grim finality of an emperor in the arena ah strong words gets me every time man those those chords the twang it gets me every time <laughs> this bourbon hits nicely with that twang it's, it's delicious <laughs> i'm glad to hear that and uh you know <laughs> we have been a little bit behind a little bit behind hey, we're, catching up. we're catching up usual routine um you know cowboy bebop is a series that don and i are are quickly growing fond of after just a few episodes very true and um we decided strategically to talk about both episodes three and four together primarily because we were noticing a trend right i think from episode two we saw a new member join the crew Hell which yeah. was the adorable corgi the adorable welsh corgi mm -hmm. who now has a name now, Don, let me test your memory a little bit. This name was mentioned by Jet, I believe, in episode three. Yuzu. It's not Yuzu. Yuzu would have been a great name. That, of course, so. is the I name so. of Don's uh, puppy. But uh, no, the, the name is Ein. E-I-N, Ein, which hmm. is a very curious name. I, I've never heard that you know, used for any pet before, let alone a human being. But the dog's name is Ayn, and I'm sure we'll figure out more about the dog as we continue. But that was episode two. 
in episode three, we meet somebody who is a very interesting character. Um, her name is Faye Valentine, a wanted criminal who has basically been in debt for some time. She owes people a lot of money, a lot of money. And she gets caught up into this scheme with this uh, casino owner who agreed to basically wipe the debt clean if she could do this one thing, if she could pretend to be a dealer on the casino floor and give this special chip, uh, a special poker chip that has a computer chip inside to some kind of a mark, a target that would come to the table, essentially lose all of his money, and then the last chip would be... I, I guess they worked the other way. So the chip <laughs> would be received by Faye. I think now that it's yes. jogging my memory. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so the mark would come through, and the very last chip you would give to the dealer <clears> as a tip <throat> would yep. actually be that special chip. Yep. And this was kind of like a big cover-up, right? I think they didn't want to make it too obvious, so they thought, okay, if he loses the chip this way, then the authorities won't be all over the case. Um, but something interesting happens. Of course, our favorite duo, Spike and Jet, they're at the casino as well. They're trying to track down somebody for a, a bounty. And they encounter uh, Faye. You know, Spike just sits down and starts playing. And Faye, you know, checks her monitor real quick. And she's like, huh, well, the image is a little bit grainy, but it looks like this is the guy. So she mistakes Spike for the mark she thinks spike is a target and so spike you know plays and plays and plays and and Faye's cheating of course so spike loses all of his chips and at the very end Faye kind of opens out her hand like all right you know now's the time this is where i can get off clean but spike's like adios <laughs> see you later yeah. does not give him a, a dealer's chip or anything like that and so he runs off and then Faye follows him and then you realize oh here comes the real mark. Here comes the real target, the lookalike for Spike. And they bump into each other, exchanging a regular poker chip that Spike had with the special computer chip that this mark had. And this is a very common thing you've probably noticed. Spike is really good at these sleight of hands, right? Like he can fish into a criminal's pocket like Asimov Solonson and recover that red-eye drug right when he's not thinking. And similarly... In this case, I think they did that flippity flip. It, it, coincidentally, it just kind of happened. And uh, they went on from there. But man, I, I just got to say, isn't it wild to see a casino on Mars number one, but also have it be so epic, like all those gateways surrounding the planet and all the people there. You, you think it's pretty much Las Vegas in space. But well, what did you think of that episode so far? man? I think it was a good episode. Uh, it. it developed a little bit more character <clears throat> or some more context of the characters some more personality um sure. amongst the characters uh if we were to kind of build off of that premise of a <coughs> casino on mars makes total sense to me um if there's people that are evading taxes already in just one country why not go to a goddamn another planet and make it happen right uh what was it uh if you go a certain distance in the water to international waters you can pretty much do anything you want because there's no laws that regulate it why not just go to a whole different planet where no one can do anything and you're not guided by earthly values and earthly law i see it happening and with all those gateways and stuff well with all that gambling going on and house always winning of course you're gonna have the money to make that happen not surprised see it happen elon take notes buddy <laughs> I mean, so moving a little bit forward to the episode, uh, I think Faye Valentine's character, let's talk about her for a little bit. Uh, what do you think of her? Solid haircut. She... Solid haircut. <laughs> Solid. It's, it's, uh, it's all right. The haircut's all right. I mean, Solid I think it's, haircut. It's, uh, it's like an A-cut, man. It's an A-cut. Meaning, you know, short in the back, kind of longer in the front, but not too long. Uh, I, think, uh, I think Rihanna ran it for a while. and That's when it became hot. So I was like, oh, well, check that out. Faye. Faye was running it back in the 90s. So you get <laughs> a, kudos to Faye. Not, not Rihanna. <laughs> Just saying. She uh, was the originator of the yeah. A-cut, for sure. Um, of course, Faye Valentine, <laughs> she is a, a voluptuous femme fatale character sure. with uh, very strong hair. Character. 
very very strong character and badass i would have to say yeah, like yeah definitely not not only does she you know she is a, a criminal a career criminal it seems like but she knows her way around the ship like she has her own little you know uh ship kind of like spike does and she's able to maneuver really well and uh you know it's all decked out with weaponry and everything so she can get herself out of a jam if necessary she seems like she can hold her own uh, she can deal from the right people she can talk to almost anybody she can get away with almost any crime and when she actually got away at the end of episode three i was like huh interesting it's the first time we saw in the first three episodes somebody not get captured by the police or not get captured by jet and i thought to myself she's got to be coming back the way that spike looked back at the twinkling star you know from the sky mm. like i think i think he knew he knew that you know this is probably not the last we've seen of her and that's why it, it made perfect sense to watch episode four and talk about it as well because in episode four titled gateway shuffle Faye actually returns and it's partly because she's out of gas. Mm-hmm. Her her ship is like just stranded, can't really go anywhere, running on fumes. And she's out of food as well because she stole all the food from the Bebop on her way out. And the last ship that actually pays her any attention is the Bebop. She runs into the very people that she was running away from in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she kind of uh, invites herself back into the good graces of the crew. But at the same time, the duo is dealing with a brand new criminal. And why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about this new criminal gang that came up in episode four. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you do it. Go for it, man. <laughs> All right, I will. So, <laughs> so just imagine imagine PETA, right? Imagine PETA just like a thousand years in the future sure. and really, really crazy. Like they all have guns. It's PETA with guns, essentially. And they're led by this super old lady. Who they call mom <laughs> all right and the closest equivalent i can think of don i don't know if you've seen the show futurama i have you have okay so do you remember there was actually a old lady there who was called mom yeah pink. Uh, or pink uh did she purple i think purple, purple black or like a, like a pastel sort of thing sure thing sure thing and she had the crazy hair as well mm-hmm. and I think, you know, she had this outward appearance, especially whenever she did those commercials for her robot factory, that she was, oh, there's good old mom, you know, I, mom's always know best, that kind of thing. But then whenever the cameras turned off and she took off her, like, suit or whatever, she was a total B. Like, oh, my gosh, she would just <laughs> boss around her employees, slap, literally slap her employees in the face. And uh, she was just a very nasty, nasty character. And I kind of got that vibe watching this um, kind of crazy eccentric lady who's the leader of this little PETA-like group supporting um, some kind of animal. Like, they really love one particular animal that's being overfished, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're trying to make world governments change their policies so that they don't, you know, cause the animal to go extinct. Um, but in the process, they're also kind of, like, uh, very radical in their approach. Um, they were threatening to unleash this um, virus, which was very topical, by the way, because all we talk about is COVID, but they're threatening to unleash this virus that can turn humans into primates, right? Like going back to uh, the evolutionary cycle, all the way back to the days of where we were all just primates. And, uh, you know, she was threatening to do this, unleashing it on the world. And, and, and she even did it on one of her own people. I think somebody had disobeyed her uh, at some juncture and to set an example she turned this dude into a uh, into a monkey which was absolutely wild so she's a ruthless villain for sure and she carries a lot of clout she was initially captured by spike and jet but she had to be let go because they erased the bounty um there was so much influence from her radical group on the government that the government was like all right we gotta erase the bounty let her go but as soon as they did the bounty was back on and it became like this mad dash uh through hyperspace which is a part i think don you really liked when Faye was helping Spike, you know, trying to go. Oh after. yeah, no, that was that was one of the best scenes in my opinion, where yeah, they yeah. they start negotiating the the split of the of the prize, right? And then uh, what was it? Spike is like, no, no, we don't need it. I can do this all myself. And then Faye's like, no, I'll help you out. You know, da, 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 you're gonna need me 50-50, da, 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 da. 
Um, and then Spike goes, all right, fine. 60-40. And then Faye says, all right, cool. You got 40. Like, that, to <laughs> me, that was just, like, boss move. Like, you're fucked, oh, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna take whatever I can, and you know I was planning on joining you guys anyways, but I'm still gonna reap most of the benefit wherever I can. And then Jet's just like, yeah, fuck it, go, you can have it. <laughs> you know, like Spike doesn't know what he's talking about. Fuck it, go save my guy. You know, like it, it, that that little what was it? Maybe like ten seconds of story. Yeah, to me was yeah was great because you could put yourself in each of their shoes at that point. Sure, um, absolutely. And respect each of their opinions, uh, for whatever reason. It's 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 good. It was good. I mean, I agree. Don and I, uh, we both enjoyed that scene so much. And of course, the whole idea was the hyperspace gate was closing. Yep. And so they had a very limited amount of time to get out of there. Yep. Um, it, it was essentially Spike and Faye in the front mm-hmm. being actually chased by the ship with all the criminals Peter, on it, but yeah. that. Being chased by PETA, and PETA was unleashing a barrage of missiles, and these weren't normal missiles, man. These were like, like it would be one warhead that opens up into like twenty warheads. Oh yeah, it's like Call of Duty airstrikes, man. Yeah, it's the ones you don't want. It's like the, the perfect uh, kill streak where you're like, well, how the fuck did he get? All right, I guess this game's over. Yeah, it was like one of those. It was like one of those, and and so when they realized they were being chased by that, there was no way but to just run, right? And the gate was closing, 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 and they just got through while the gate closed on PETA. And so PETA, not only did they have the the ill fortune of being trapped in hyperspace, but the vaccine, the canister of vaccine that, you know, maybe the lady thought that Spike was still holding on to, Spike with a sleight of hand again, slipped it back into the pocket of the old lady mm. on her way out of the ship. And so when the ship was like bobbling around and rattling, the, the virus just popped out of her, her uh, you know, whatever, her satchel. And it exploded into the air effectively, I mean, we presume, turning them all into monkeys, which was very just desserts, if you ask me. Very fitting ending to PETA. Because PETA sometimes gets a little crazy with the regulations of. Movies. I like PETA, man. It's it's good, you know. It's, throw Peter's falafel, good, man. Throw falafel a little chicken in there, <laughs> right? There you go. Hold on, guys. Let's see what you do. But yeah, no. Um, I am loving episode three and four. I I thought they were great additions to this um, uh, series, and I I'm looking forward to seeing how Faye fits in with Spike and Jet because now Faye's like. I guess officially a crew member. She, uh, you know, invited herself in, and um, Spike didn't seem to like it at first. But you know what? I get the feeling that Spike is always this way. You know, whenever there's something new in his life, whether it's a dog or whatever, a child, uh, or Faye in this case, he's like, oh, I don't want to work with her. Oh man, not her, not this. But in his heart of hearts, I think he genuinely cares about people, and he may have a kind of a rough and tumble demeanor. But inside, I think he'll find that he'll appreciate Faye. And, and Faye also is kind of like that. They could be, you know, two, two sides of the same cheek. What's the word? Two cheeks of the same arse. I think that's, that's the expression. A better what? expression is probably two sides of the same coin. I think, I think a more common one is two sides of the same coin. So let's go with that one. <laughs> I like that I actually... two cheeks of the same arse. <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ! Jesus. Is that going to be the title? No, I, I love it. I love it. It better be. It better be the title. Be the title. <laughs> I'll work on that tonight for sure. But um, yeah. So I I think uh, Faye may show that she's kind of outwardly a career criminal and knows her way around everything. But I think she has a heart too. I think she realizes that maybe Spike and Jet, yes, they're bounty hunters, but they're good people. And maybe Jet sees that too. I actually think Jet. You know, he revealed a little bit of information about himself, right? He was like a former kind of a covert operator. He was part of some agency and he's done a lot of the, you know, the field work before. And, and that probably explains some of his scars and his uh, half mechanical appearance. He's been through the trenches and so he's seen a lot. He knows a lot and he has the wisdom that I think Spike lacks. But that's the type of leader you need to carry on this venture. Like the to Morpheus. Carry on. Yeah, like a Morpheus type. Exactly. I think Morpheus is a great analogy in the Matrix revelations in the Matrix world to tie to Cowboy Bebop. And and maybe Bike could be a Neo. Um the and, one? And, you sure it's not Ayn? Uh hey, could be. Ayn could be the one as well. No, because Ayn you know, translates to one. 
Oh, in, in German? Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> That's actually really interesting. I, I was wondering what the Ein could stand yeah, it could for. Be that, it could be that or it could be Einstein because uh, he's such a smart little dog. Bro, I think I think you hit it. I think that's what it is actually, because he's supposed to be a super dog, right? Some yeah. some kind of like weird super dog. But that would mean that they know now he's a super dog, right? Because before they were under the impression that he's just a regular Welsh corgi. That's Could be. They may not have the technology to harness that data yet. Who knows? Who knows? I take him. He's, but... he's a cool dog, man. He, he called out Faye when she was uh, escaping. I, I thought he was a loyal dog. Hell yeah. He's he's doing his thing for sure. And, and I appreciate loyalty. And just like I appreciate the loyalty of our fans, they tune in time and time again. And they ask us, hey, where's the episode? And we will let you know the episode is coming. It's always coming. It's always on the way. And so, um, you know, the Cowboy Bebop saga will continue. We will hopefully be able to provide you another recap next week. I'm not going to tell you how many episodes, but hopefully we'll be able to do that. And until next time, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you on the other side. Take care. Two cheeks. Same side. Ours.